Hello and welcome to Conversations from the ANF podcast. In this episode, I speak to adoptive parent Alex. He's a member of the Armed Forces and with his wife adopted through SAFA, the Soldiers, Sailors and Airmen's Family Association. Alex describes the specific barriers that there are in for military families. Alex describes the specific barriers that some military families have faced, but contrasts that with his positive experience. Alex describes the specific barriers that there Alex describes the specific barriers that some military families have faced, but contrasts that with his positive experience of SAFA and the placing authority that his children came from. As always, if you've experienced adoption, fostering or special guardianship from any perspective, personal or professional, and would like to share that on the podcast, please do get in touch through Facebook, Twitter, or you can email us at andfpodcast at gmail.com. I'm Alex. Um, I'm a officer in the Royal Air Force, um, and I came to adoption. Uh, well, we, we we had two little girls placed with us in late January this year. Um, came to adoption after quite a long IVF journey, um, and actually came to it when I was overseas, which is um, a little bit odd, I suspect. <clears throat> um, we've adopted through the entity called SAFA, which is the Soldiers, Sailors, and Air Force Association, which is a military registered. Um, but or military affiliated, for a better way of putting it, uh, charity for the members and ex-members of, of the armed forces. Um, I actually looked it up just before coming onto the podcast. They have placed, they became the voluntary adoption agency in 2000. Uh, and uh, last year, October 2022, they celebrated 316, I think it was, uh, children that, that they had placed. So it's quite a small number of um placements they, they've had but i've got nothing but praise for um for how they've they've trained us and, and dealt with us um mm-hmm. since we, we got involved with them um it was a relatively long process to get to where we were we um because we were overseas it, essentially it was too difficult to to get everything um arranged to um start the adoption process start the adoption training um pandemic notwithstanding and all the training we did yeah. being in our front room over zoom notwithstanding um yeah but i, I very much understand that if, if there had been stuff which needed to be done face to face then that would be quite difficult when i'm an 11 hour flight away um so we got through the training the training i thought was really uh, in depth and really good um and then after that i think the reason why i wanted to come onto the podcast is some of the when I came out, so to speak, and, and said, right, yeah, we, we are adopting. Because um, we never really went public with IVF, but when we said we're adopting and, and started looking into the uh, adoption policies and adoption leave, um, I actually spoke to a number of my colleagues or, or ex-colleagues or people I just knew through the military life who had had quite a negative experience of adopting um, or of looking into adoption or of finding out about adoption um, right. because their local authorities or the uh, the charities they had approached um, at with SAFA had approached them or had um, assumed a number of things about them, which are which felt from where I was sitting like a very old fashioned military stereotype, um, which I just don't think it is that that true or that relevant anymore. Yeah. Um, so the kind of one of the reasons I want to come on here is to expand a little bit on not expand, 
to kind of bring bring to forefront this issue. I've done a lot of reading, a lot of research, a lot of looking into the, the bits around adoption. I've never seen the military discussed. Um, yeah. So kind of a, a, an approach of saying, right, this is what this is, yeah, the military can bring quite a lot. And if you are in the military, think about it. Um, I can't speak highly enough of, of Safran, the training and, and post-adoption support they've given given our family um, as kind of one of the options to, uh, to to start forming that family. So already as you're talking, I'm sort of thinking about what I know about that off the top of my head. Now, I knew I knew of Safra, but that was mm. not much more than that, that they existed. So what are the, some of the specific barriers? I, I guess as an, as an active serviceman, you're prone to being posted overseas, which you sort of said. Um, and uh, you're not necessarily captain of your own ship, are you? <laughs> stability. Yeah, stability is kind of the, the big um, buzzword that came up for that one. Um, so overseas, you have to be a volunteer. So overseas, you can't um, you can't be sent overseas. I'll rephrase that. You can't be overseas to live as a family without being a, a volunteer. So right. that, that is, that's voluntary status. Um, and it so happened that yeah, post-IVF, leaving the UK, uh, the right job came up at the right time. Um, and then when I left, that job, which is in Germany, another job came up overseas, which was the right job at the right time, uh, and which was a, an opportunity too good to turn down. Um, that being said, if we hadn't taken that second overseas tour, we probably would have been placed with kids, or I phrase that, we would have started looking into adoption a lot earlier, um, right. and hopefully we'd been placed a bit earlier. So yeah, the, the the length of time was was more down to us than, than anything else. Um, but yeah, the the geographical stability um is less um there, there is an element of the right bum on the right seat uh, and if you know, if you if you go fit for the job then you can be sent to places in the uk which you might not necessarily uh, have that, that much choice over or that you should have warning of but you don't necessarily get the choice over where you live so that's kind of the downside and that stability thing yeah that that is important i absolutely get that but does that but apply always, for you? Sorry. As a, yeah. I was going to say, does that apply to you as a family? Because obviously, you as an active serviceman, you you as an individual can be like, right, we need you here, or you know, mm. unless you can yeah. see circumstances around the world change quite rapidly. Um, <laughs> but adjust. for you, yeah. Um, but you as a family unit, so for you and your your wife, um, that you that she doesn't have to go. That's a that's a voluntary element. That's right. Yeah, so that's she right. could say, well, actually, I'm I'm staying here. You can go and do whatever you're going to do. So um, I'll probably not explain that very well. So to there's you can be sent overseas for a job. So you can be sent overseas for you know, two, three years. Um, or you can be sent overseas on a detachment, so for a number of months. Right. For a job, you have to be the volunteer. For a, you know, a few months, you can get sent. Yeah. Um, so I can understand how local authorities would sort of look at that and go, oh, hang on. And a big part yeah. of the assessment process is about, you know, what do you do as a job, what your stability mm -hmm thinking about the needs of children and in terms of change and stability. So that feels like a, an obvious barrier for you as a serviceman or as a family, a service family, I guess. Yeah, it's certainly something that um, can't be shied away from. Um, but the other, the other way of looking at it, not the other way of looking at it, the other things that can be done, there are, there are a number of um, policies you can have in the, in the, the military, one of which is preferential treatment. So if you have a definite need to stay in a definite place for a good reason, that will always be looked at and you will right. always be considered as individuals. There is, whilst here, there is an element of the right bomb and the right seat, there is also uh, a much better than there was 
I've been in 20 years, so much better in the, the time um, that since I've been in um, of looking at an individual circumstances and going, right, this person needs to be in this occasion because of X. <clears throat> yeah. And so long as X is a good reason, then generally that person gets to stay there. What can happen as well, the service person themselves might leave or might you know, go for a weekend commuting, um, but the family can stay in the same place. Yeah. So they don't necessarily have to to up sticks as a family of however many you know, the service individual can. There will always be accommodation um, for that that service member to to go and, and be wherever they need to be to go and do the work. Mm. So obviously, Safa then have a sort of a, it sounds like Safa then have a developed understanding of actually how the, mm. all of these these additional kind of complexities that local authorities may not be so. As an organisation, do they do they approve you? Are they the they approve you? They're a voluntary adoption agency, so they have social workers who that's right. Yeah, get all that. Yeah. So you talked about coming to IVF and the decision to adopt. What's so oftentimes people the, the two are not. It's not a natural progression, is it? It's not. No, no. So it's it's two very different things. Yeah. yeah. Um. The, the only real reason I mentioned that is to talk through the um, really quite incredible level of support I had from um, various bosses over the, the years that IVF took to have time out from work to go and attend clinics and to, to go and do all the, the time intensive um, bits and pieces that, that were required. Um, I was doing that over three different jobs in three different locations. Um, which then carried on, sorry, not carried on, there was a good break, good linear break, um, but then that kind of same level of support carried on with different individuals uh, into the adoption training. And uh, I've never had any problem whatsoever in getting time away from work to go and do medical or adoption-related stuff, uh, or yeah. what you will, um, which I'm talking to some of the people I've met through the... Um, adoption support groups we're now members of uh, it just doesn't seem to be the same case in in normal life um so I, I was surprised at how many barriers people have found which i just haven't had uh, and which i would i think looking from the outside people would expect to be the other around and people might have expected the military to be less flexible than normal life yeah i mean yeah that's that's an easy thing to presume isn't it from a like a non military background, mm. which is, I have no military experience, um, that you would presume a, a, a sort of fairly rigid, uh, potentially uncompassionate, that, is, that feels like a lazy stereotype, perhaps. That, that, that's kind of the stereotype which I'm trying to get on here to say, right, this is, <laughs> this is no longer the military in the 1950s, 1970s. Um, yeah, we, don't, uh, we don't communicate only by shouting and we don't communicate only by um, yeah, barking out orders on the parade square. Yeah, it, it's a different different beast yeah there, there is still that element there'll always be that element um but it's only used when it needs to be used mm. most of the time it's an incredibly humane place to to work and you know the policies i've had i've been amazed at when i've looked at um the other kind of element that which i think really really stood in our favor um when we uh so i'm just catching eyes on our youngest daughter who's started to roll it up. Oh, no, she's gone back to bed. Um, yeah, You've got one eye really... on, the, on, the, on the baby cam. <laughs> of course. Um, <laughs> which I think really, really stood in our favour when we came to having children placed with us is the um, adoption leave policy they've got, which essentially mirrors um, maternity leave, um, 
is gender neutral, is entirely um, unbiased in as many ways as it can be. Uh, so I've, I've not been at work since before Christmas leave, and I'm not going back to work until September. Uh, and I've been all that time on, on full pay, which, I, again, from, from what I've spoken with, again, real-life normal people, just doesn't happen. Yeah, that does seem quite exceptional. Um, and uh, yeah. does your partner work? Does she? She doesn't. No, she doesn't. Uh, that, that's where I'm relatively senior in the military now. Um, so we can get away with just my salary. I, I very much appreciate that. I'm in an incredibly lucky position there. And that not everyone will be in that position. Mm. But still to have that um, eight months, it'll be away from work and full pay. Uh, I, I've not found anywhere else that's, that's offered that same kind of deal. Can I ask as well then, because often... Um... Obviously, military service is linked to accommodation as well. So, did you? Are you in military accommodation? Have they let I you am. stay there? Yeah, I am. Yep. So that is quite a. <laughs> thinking there'll be people thinking, yeah, how, can sign up? Yeah. "How can I sign yeah. up to get my adoption?" <laughs> um, <laughs> you're not on commission, are you? Yeah. Just checking. I'm not on commission. No, definitely no. not commission. No. Um, <laughs> so that sounds like a quite a, as an employer, which is a hmm. strange way of. But it, I guess technically it is an employer. That sounds like a quite a progressive stance, probably more progressive than a lot of, like you say, a lot of employers. So f I'm going to dig around a bit more about your experience of, of adoption. Yeah. That's, you know, that's, yeah. that's what I do. Um, so obviously, it's not obvious, but coming to the end of IVF is, is, is one thing. And as I said, it's not a natural progression onto adoption. Mm. So was, what was that? Was that just a natural conversation, or was it kind of a a difficult? It was a con so it was a conversation which um, my wife and I had had um, whilst we we're going through IVF, and somewhat yeah, looking back in it, not my best moment. I kind of shut the conversation down because I didn't even want to think about it at that point. Yeah, at mm -hmm. that point, I was right. We're doing IVF, and you know, when that finishes, we'll we'll do whatever's next, whatever that might be. And I just didn't want to think about anything else at that point. Um, when we finished IVF which was quite a few years ago now, do you think about it? Um, then we, we, we had a, a break and didn't discuss child yeah, options or any farm for you know, a, a year, a good year, a year and a half, maybe even two years. Um, but the itch was still there. You know, we still wanted to be parents. Um, and we had a very, very naive view of adoption at that point. Um, but that was at about the same time that the Radio 4 podcast oh, which yeah. completely excuse me um yeah. came out which uh, kind of went through and, uh, and you know talked about the, uh, the adoption that's what it's called um and that i've i've i, I listened to a lot of podcasts anyway and i see that one kind of popped up in the feed and i'm like hmm, that i'll listen to that it's something a bit different um <clears throat> so that was kind of the start of the uh finding out more information um and then most of the real kind of deep learning we had didn't actually take place in the training. Um, yeah, the training was excellent, but I think most of the deep learning we had uh, took place in the pandemic because that was when we had a bit more time. Um, work didn't stop for, for me by any means. But the, um, <clears throat> we had a bit more time um, to think about other things and, and to think about what we really wanted out of life. Um, and yeah, that was when we realized, yeah, we do still want to be parents and yeah, this life we got which wasn't real. And we knew it wasn't real because we were out in America having an absolutely brilliant time. Yeah. Um, but we knew that was coming to an end anyway. And we kind of thought, right, do we want to go back to the UK and 
back to what had been normality the seven years before it left the UK, uh, and and yeah, but without IVF. So we got different things to look forward to, and without, um, uh, or, or yeah, we're just with, with a different kind of outlook and future. As you know, I think the we still do want your parents. Right, let's start looking at the Adoption UK webinars that are coming out. Let's start doing the um, the reading. Let's start reading Sarah Donovan. Let's start reading all, all these people who um, opened our eyes to what adoption could really be like, um, but also what the rewards could really be like. And mm. reading back in some of my, uh, my notes that we were taking at the time, I was like, you written down, definitely definitely no, no more than one. One will be enough. One will be too much. We've got two kids upstairs who are asleep right now. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't want pre- preschool age. We've got a three-year-old and eight-year-old. So there was um, a, a long process of both coming to terms with. We knew we would. Yeah, we were never expecting to, to get a baby, quote unquote. So we knew that wasn't one of the options. Um, but there's a long process of working out what we could deal with, and working out what um, realistically. Uh, children who are placed with us um, would be able to, yeah. You know, what kind of children we'll be able to to support um, best and and parent best? Because mm. as you pointed out, the, the stability is is one of those factors. The geographical stability is one of those factors which um, isn't guaranteed in the military. Um, but one of the other ways of looking at it is wherever you go, whatever happens, you're guaranteed a house. And it's generally going to be not a bad house. He says, touching wood. I've never had, I'm, <laughs> uh, yeah, there, there are some horror stories. I've not been one of them, um, yeah. fortunately. Um, and you're guaranteed uh, other people of a similar age and stage of life are going to be living near you. So there's always going to be um, accommodations, always going to be uh, that, that network provided already. Uh, the military network, the military family, um, which is what, they, mm. what is quite often called. It, it is more of a network, speaking completely honestly. Um, but the, the there will always be support available and offered and usually quite good and quite very much at your local on the doorstep support. Is it adoption specific? No, of course not. But it's family specific. So there's always um, knowledge and, and you know, a ability to tap into a local network and go, right, this is what's available in the local area. So it doesn't take long to get set up. And there's always kids of a similar age. They're always the, 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 the kind of the, what I'd expect to see as normal, which is a really good play park, which are moderately good schools, um, which is you know, the, the environment around you, which kids and families can thrive in. Yeah. And, and I guess as well, there's, as much as it's maybe in a different country or a different part of the country, there's there's those routines and there's landmarks around you as a military That's family right. are really constant, yeah. aren't they? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, maybe so the stability, yeah, geographically, different. not necessarily brilliant, but there are there are other aspects to stability, and that that's one of the things we we kind of majored on the training. This is this is what stability could look like. This yeah. is what your stability does look like, and this is how yeah. to help prepare kids for moving geographically, but not not as much of a move as perhaps might be expected. How did you find the process of being approved then? Because I presume that you're, as much as you could be anywhere in the world, you're you're sort of still operating under a UK legislation. Mm, um, yeah. And so the process of, you know, stage one, stage two, 
um, that assessment process. How did you find that? Quite interesting. Um, we, 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 sorry again. We've got a, a great social worker who uh, you know, who gets us um, and understands us, and I think we're one of her uh, kind of early on in her her, her life with Safa. But she is just one of those people who just gets us, and, and you know, she's a friend. Um, so it never felt that intrusive. Mm. Usually, it kind of felt like a conversation. Add to that. Um, because of the the clearances to hold, you know, I'm used to people asking quite deep probing questions. So it, it hasn't phased me that kind of go into the the, right. the deep and dark. Um, I think it might have. I might have to check this bit with her, uh, but it might probably phase my wife a bit more because she's not had those kind of things. Um, but has held a DBS check because she's a teacher. Yeah. Um, so she's held a DBS check all, all her life. So again, we're, we're not we're not unused to people looking at us and going, "All oh, right, that, that's interesting." Um, tell me more about X, Y, Z. Um, so we're, we're not, we didn't find it as intrusive as I think other people might have found it. Yeah. So then you get to panel and I'm intrigued to know how panel works because is Safa, Safa will be UK based. Do they have mm. a headquarters yeah. and did you have to attend there or was it virtual or? It's all virtual, uh, all right. virtual. So they do have headquarters. I apologize. I've got no idea where it is. Um, so it's probably not relevant. It's exactly. Be anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Um, it'll be down in London somewhere or almost certainly. Um, but yeah, they, uh, they did everything by Zoom um, or by Teams, I think it was. And it all felt, it all felt relatively, again, humane, relaxed, uh, and it felt like a chat rather than, um, yeah, again, the, the, the perhaps more, more um, aggressive probing that, that you might be expecting. Um, one of the things they did, which I think really helped, is go, right, yeah, you, 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 know, you tick all the boxes, uh, but let's dig a bit deeper and go, right, you know, your military yeah what what do you think that brings what do you think it detracts how do you think it, it, it changes um and yeah that being part of the training is kind of what i'd what i'd expect them to major on um but i thought it really helped because we, we had the, most of the questions beforehand as well it really helped us kind of think about how how and why we'd be able to um work around the challenges that that being in the military comes brings um, whilst also going to really bring really bring the strengths that being in the military has to bear with them. Mm. This is again me and my military family. Yeah, my, my wife is a real person. She she does not a military, never has been. Um, but yeah, I, I'm very much institutionalised. Haven't been in twenty years or more. <laughs> I, I didn't like to say um, it's not not my place. Um, I do find it quite odd. So, was there any sort of in person meetings at any point? Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, uh, this is all done when we're back in the UK as well. I said right. the SAFA wouldn't allow us to start the assessment process until we were back in the UK. Right. Um, so this is all done whilst we were based here, um, right at the tail end of the pandemic. So most of the in-person meetings were kind of at a distance at first with lots of windows open. Um, yeah. But yeah, as time went on, things got more and more relaxed. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're approved and you, again, you, you sort of, you hinted at, you know, you, quite a systemic logical process that you were going through like well you know i've read all this information i've I've, we've done a clear analysis of what i can cope with or can't cope with Mm -hmm. and then you clearly it's been thrown out the window um and (laughs) that that was early on yeah we we, when we went to panel we were approved for we actually approved for um any number any age which I was a bit shocked when I read that. It's like, okay, we want to. We want a sibling pair, not not group, sibling pair. <laughs> um, 
but we had said at that point that we wanted a, uh, a no more than school age uh, as the oldest, um, such that this eight months I've got, which is this this golden opportunity to to form those attachments and to make those bonds, and um, we could use as much of that as possible with them. Mm. Um, that got thrown out the window at the first, uh, oh, what they called, um, the first of the, sorry, yes. Um, so the, like the activity <laughs> days. Um, yes, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, we went to the first one of those um, before we'd gone to panel, um, quite a long time before we'd gone to panel, and uh, met a sibling pair there who we thought we could have very easily parented, uh, and they were four and six. Um, got a panel. Um, got to Linkmaker with, I got onto Linkmaker um, with, I think we had that verbiage still on our, our profile, um, but something along the lines of, you know, but if the right children who we think would match us and we have matched them yeah. um, happen to be there, then we are, we'll consider all ages. Um, what was more or less kind of the, the wording we had on there. Um, and we found what, what are now our two daughters, um, quite by happenstance we, we were browsing with you know, turning various filters on and off and th this photo kind of grabbed us uh, we read the profile and thought that they sound interesting this was still before panel uh sorry yeah before approval panel so we um asked our social worker to put an expression of interest uh because they weren't accepting expressions of interest from anybody other than approved adopters so we yeah. asked our social worker to put in uh expression of interest um the day that panels happened and uh we thought right yeah that's that's panel out of the way we're approved adopts now time for a break but we'll, we'll go from you know we'll, we'll take a break we'll we'll take a couple of weeks holiday um on the drive up you know the day after panel we got there uh it wasn't a cpr but it was the uh, all about me books uh, and some more paperwork with a yeah you sound interesting you you're clearly interested in these kids here's some more information about information about them so we took a pause on the drive read all this information like, okay yeah that's that's very interesting we still took our holiday but <laughs> we had much for a break because yeah, our sort mind of a holiday yeah. yeah exactly our minds were absolutely buzzing um with the possibilities um there were some legal shenanigans so that was in august august last year yeah that was also august last year so it feels longer but in a good way um and then we met them in, we saw them in November, but they didn't know who we were. So it was kind of a, a drive-by, for want of a better word. Yeah. And then we met them in December. Um, and yeah, the uh, transition started straight after Christmas and they moved in in, uh, in late January. So it felt very whistle-stop uh, from approval through to the rest of, of everything that happened. Yeah, it was um, a busy few months. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's an understatement, isn't it? I know it, probably the time it, Felt like it dragged between the meetings, but now mm, looking back, yeah. Um, and was there any sort of reticence on the part of the placing authority in terms of you being in the services and just some of the logistical stuff that is perhaps a bit unusual for them, or were they just totally did sort of Safa really oil the wheels of that? I feel like I'm selling um, Safa. I think Safa oiled the wheels, but uh, it was Brian and Hove who were adopted through, it. and again, they have been absolutely great. Um, but they had, or the family finding social worker, at the very least. Um, had worked with military families before, so we weren't a new concept to her. Um, so yeah, we there was never really a, um, a, a any deep questions about you know, what can you provide in terms of this and the other. There, there was the question about stability, uh, and we were very honest. You know, we said we we uh, have no plans to leave the UK currently. 
Um, but if the right job comes up, we would like to think about it at the very least. But it'd be yeah. on the children, and that—that's always the line which we, we've gone gone with now. Yeah, whatever we do from now on in will be dependent on what the children can and can't cope with. Which is normal. Um, yeah, exactly, exactly. And, 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 that, and also, I'm, I'm sort of yeah. flipping that, and I'm my—I do have a cousin who grew up who was a horse's child, um, and grew up, spent a childhood in Cyprus and Germany yeah. and England. And there's opportunities. Singapore, yeah, there's, and you think, yeah, exactly. Well, there's, you know, there's flip sides to this, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not all bad. There's a, job, there's a job I got my eyes on, which is in Florida, which is an hour and a bit from Disneyland. Um, uh, yeah. there, there are opportunities as well as downsides. Yeah. yeah. So you, I'm um, a military back myself. So yeah, I'm right. I'm not unused to moving around. Um, and yeah, you know, I think they can, that that aspect of it as well, and saying right, yeah, this this person knows this life and has known it for 42 years um, and gets it and can talk about it and, and sees the downsides, but can also see the upsides. Mm. Um, was, so you then, they moved in and, and that, or was that always kind of a, it's, it's a moment, isn't it? It's just, know, yeah. introductions. <laughs> How did you find sort of the introduction process and the, the transition into your house? So they followed the sort of they um, Brighton and Hove followed the, um, uh, the University yeah. of Anglia, yeah, yeah. UEA model. Um, so it was a long transition, and especially given the uh, our older daughter's age, it was a very long transition. Um, and I think that has paid dividends. Um, we are you know, still very much in touch with the uh, the foster carers. We had a video call with them a couple of weeks ago. We got another one um, soon. Uh, that again, I think, pays dividends. Um, so it's been, I want to say smooth, which I know is kind of you know, tempting fate in it or this, that, and the other. No. But it's, we've, we spoke to a, you know, someone who is in our, um, our local network who adopted siblings. And, and you know, the, the words that he used were the first six months were an absolute nightmare with nothing but tantrums and crying. We've not had that. Um, we have had challenging days. We've had challenging weeks. Um, but we've not had certainly not had challenging months um and most of the time there have been fun times the way we're getting to now is that we, we're just really enjoying life we were to come out of half term we had a great time in half term um we went to a safa activity weekend uh we went and visited my sister and, and and her kids um we've got a family get together planned in in august in scotland which is where my wife's family come from um they the kids are amazing because they're just taking everything in their stride and, and lapping it up and enjoying everything. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're really, really enjoying being with them, being their parents and, you know, starting to kind of see life in a different way. Yeah. I was thinking as well, I mean, the idea of um, adoption leave is fantastic, but what is the reality of like, you know, if you've been working for, you know, 20 years in the military, you're used to a kind of a quite a, I would imagine, like you said, institutionalized. So then a total... <laughs> shift of gear for you in terms of lifestyle routines all yeah, of that kind of thing great. I think going back to work is going to be strange <laughs> <laughs> um the job i'm in now as well it's uh, I, I work in procurement at the minute um so 90 percent of my time uh, I, I work for a unit in london i'm based in somewhere else um uh, not that as any of a secret it's just it's not london it's not relevant um so 90% of my work was done online anyway, because my team is spread to the four winds. Um, most of the work I did 
prior to them being placed in me was done out the the upstairs office. Um, I will spend less time up there um, when I go back to work, purely because it's it's just not fair, fair on them to expect them to be quiet and you know daddy's working. You, you can't possibly go into to that room. Um, it's not fair to, to expect that. So I'll spend a bit more time in the office. Um, but it's yeah, you know, I can flippantly said going back to work is going to be a nightmare. It, it's not. It's, it's just going to be something different. Yeah. Um, I think if I were on a more um, frontline type role, because this is not a frontline role I'm in now, if I'm a more frontline role, that would be very strange going mm. back to that. Um, but I th- if I ever do go back into that world, um, then there'll have been sufficient time to make this normal and to make working with um, the kids around normal that I, I don't see it being a huge problem, he says mm. confidently. So sort of rounding up, and when your start point was in terms of people in the forces' experience of adoption mm. and it not necessarily, you know, anecdotally, not not being particularly positive from what you've heard. So, so it sounds yes, like you've uh, had a totally different experience. That's been incredible. Um, it's been... I, 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 I'll start that again. I went into, nervous is the wrong word, but I went into it a little bit apprehensive about some of the questions going to ask, yeah. expecting to be asked, you know, those 1950s um, stereotypes. Um, and that, that was based on people being, you know, having the phone put down and them saying, no, you're military. Yeah, you can't possibly adopt because you're a disciplinarian. Phone goes down. No, no yeah. chance to have a, a, a reply or a you know, chance of anything. Um, and of uh, people you know, being turned away from the local authority with, no um no real reason given other than that they were military so i think the 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 way i've been dealt with both by saffron by brian and hope has been so completely counter to that that you know it's on here very much to sing their praises as I kind of said prior to prior to starting um but also to kind of point out that a lot of the skills the military has uh, if there are people from other authorities who might not have that that same view, a lot of the skills are, are what I think are yeah they're beneficial to adoption. You're used to working in teams. We're, we're certainly used to being flexible. Um, we are used to uh, not necessarily getting our own way all the time. Um, we're used to a lot of the things which. Um, can only benefit the kids. Hmm. As I said, I went to a, a SAFA activity weekend right at the start of, of half term. Um, and the, the kind of the things that stood out to me there were that everyone there had adopted siblings, um, be them, be they single adopters or be they uh, couples or be, be they whatever. Yeah, everyone there had adopted siblings. Um, and that mostly the the children there looked like they, they weren't suffering from a lack of attachment, um, which is not true of all the adoption events I've been to. You know, these are the skills that the military does have, which are, is giving these kids the best possible uh, mm. best possible start they can have. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it's, it is interesting, isn't it? Because I think that um, you bring different things to the party and that, mm. but none of, and like you said, the, everything's got a flip side. So even like the, the yeah. nature of moving around, that, that, but there's also some real positives and you are the stability and the, mm-hmm. 
you know, and, and like you said, the, the the military network is a is a constant throughout all of that, regardless of where you go. Well, Alex, thank you so much for sharing your story. It feels like you're at the start of your story. It feels like there's a yeah, very much so, very very much so. I'm, I'm hopefully in ten years' time, this will all be as positive. He says, crossing his fingers. Well, I'll come back on and you can update us. And by then you'll be a general or a four-star, you know, air vice marshal or a wing commander or something. Or, or retired. Or retired. Yes, excellent. Um, so, be, uh, not in 10 years, but yeah, yeah that would be nice too. <laughs> well, Alex, thank you so much for sharing your story with us and uh, uh, wish you well uh, with to you, your family uh, in the future. Thank you. And thank you for the podcast and everything you do for us. Thank you.